1: So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit healthlock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center.
2: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: I'm looking at the New York Times who says talking about polling around Donald Trump. No candidate in modern history has had this kind of hold headed into the primaries, and I'm sure that's true. And then I'm looking up at the television, and Ron DeSantis is doing an interview on ABC. Good for you. I mean, you got to keep trying, but it's got to be really depressing to be tr- Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley. A number of these people are like, what are, what are we even doing here?
4: Yeah, it's easy for me to say they're running hard to be in second when Trump trips and goes down. But in terms of the energy it takes to run for president, that's all about being supercharged with your eye on the big prize. That's that's why people go through it, because it's torturous.
3: Oh, yeah. And he's got young kids that are either in school back in Florida or traveling with them with a tutor or whatever. I mean, costing you a ton of money, all kinds of legal problems, stuff like that. You have to be thinking sometimes, why are we doing this?
4: Yeah, well, you got to hang in there. (laughs) Or
3: or not. Maybe you don't have to hang in there. Uh,
4: Nobody will, but DeSantis and Haley, uh, very, very soon, Mm. I believe. I mean, I suppose as long as you still have money coming in, you could keep showing up at diners as a Tim Scott. And I love Tim Scott. Um, But he's just not gotten any traction.
3: Man, your Um, dismissal of Asa Hutchinson is brutal. I'm, it's uh, racism, frankly. That's Ada uh, Ada Hutchinson. Ada Hutchinson. Yes, Trump calls him Ada for no good reason other than he's like, like a third grader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy.
4: Anyway, uh, adult topics. Uh, adult is in grown up. Not pornographic. I thought this was so interesting. A handful of stories, all from the Wall Street Journal, who admittedly have a, a bit of a corporate bent, although I didn't find anything dishonest about this reporting at all. Uh, three stories. Number one, while many companies have been cutting staff and freezing hires, n- new hires this year, guess who's laying out the welcome mat, jacking up salaries, and hiring people like crazy? That's right, the government. Oh, man. The biggest and most powerful lobbyist of the government is now the government. Think about that for a minute. Anyway, public sector jobs at the federal, state, and local level have risen by 327,000 so far this year. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that's approaching one-fifth of all new
3: American jobs created in the first eight months of the year. While Joe Biden doesn't mention when he's talking about government-creating jobs... You know, I always say the government can't create jobs. That's not entirely true if you're talking about government jobs. The government can create government jobs. You just all of a sudden say 20,000 more people to do this. Interestingly,
4: much of the recent hiring spree has been been to backfill jobs left open by millions of teachers, police officers, and other public servants who quit during and after the pandemic. Wow. It's, It's funny. They say the pandemic, not the anti-police backlash, which went way too far after
3: Agai got killed by cops. Right. That's what it is. It's not the pandemic. It's the George Floyd, everything that came after that. Right. Right. And they point out that
4: some government agencies couldn't compete because uh, private employers were offering pay raises and signing bonuses during years of white hot labor markets. Uh, But that has changed completely now and uh layoffs and salary cuts and you're going to do two people's jobs and like it It has hit the private sector as we predicted Uh, but the government is offering recruitment bonuses as high as twenty thousand dollars for hard to fill jobs in some border patrol jobs Uh, they talk about arizona giving 12 weeks of paid time off to new parents who are employees of the state three months off unbelievable um Zip Recruiter Analysis found that postings for government jobs listed on its site this year advertised 20% higher pay than they did last year.
3: Unbelievable. All right. Did you get a? Uh, is that the raise you got in your job? Oh, yeah. 20, oh, yeah.
4: 20%? Sure, sure. Uh, speaking of raises, the New York Times says the strike is a high-stakes gamble for auto workers and the labor movement. Mm. And I'd actually forgotten this was in the New York Times. Uh, The next one's in the Wall Street Journal. But uh, they're talking about, hey, if this goes well, unions might be hot and popular again. Unions are cool, said one lawyer at a firm representing management. Uh, But the New York Times points out there are also real pitfalls. A prolonged strike could undermine the three established U.S. automakers and send the politically crucial Midwest into a recession. I would also point out that there are hundreds if not thousands of small businesses that supply the automakers and if they're striking against the automakers and the automakers have to shut down then many many uh, shops and factories all across the midwest across
3: the country will shut down too you said uh, real pitfalls where does the term pitfall come from from a guy
4: who fell in a pit i believe is that it's a commonly
3: a hidden danger was that a common problem back in the day though another pitfall honey a lot of pits in the Middle Ages, so, yeah, everybody huh.
4: knows that. I don't know. Falling in a pit is certainly, you know, unpleasant. can be deadly. Rare- yeah, anyway.
3: Rarely happens in modern times.
4: Then they point out if the union is seen as overreaching or if it settles for a weak deal after a costly stoppage, public support could sour. Um, it's, it's, it's a high-risk strategy, especially given what the unions are asking for. Yeah,
3: they're swinging for the fences.
4: Yeah, we want uh, 40% raises and a, a 20% cut in how many days per week we work. Um, less uh, mandatory overtime, that sort of thing. Some of it seems reasonably reasonable to me. Some seems like terrible overreach. But um, sometimes, you know, you'll see a party do that in a negotiation. You ask for an elephant. Um, so you can say, all right, I'll give up the elephant if you give up this demand. And you never had any need for an elephant.
3: Um <laughs> Yes, but then yes. if, you, if you're opening gambit is, and we'd like an elephant, what if they actually give you an elephant? Now what?
4: The origin of the famous white elephant has uh, a, a, a weird, unwanted gift. Mm. Uh, what else I was going to say? Maybe you could use your elephant to step over the pit so you don't run into a pitfall. And then this from the Wall Street Journal I found really interesting. America's labor, American labor's real problem, it isn't productive enough. Yeesh. For the UAW, it makes perfect sense to demand more pay and better work-life balance from the big three. After all, workers throughout this historically tight labor market are getting exactly that. But what makes sense to striking factory workers makes no sense for manufacturing as a whole. Pay is ultimately tied to productivity, the quantity and quality of companies' uh, products that the workforce turns out. And here, American manufacturing companies and workers are in trouble. The issue isn't with labor-intensive products like clothing and furniture, which largely, or largely moved offshore long ago. Rather, it's in the most advanced products, electric cars and batteries, power generation equipment, commercial aircraft, and semiconductors. Um, and that is partly why the federal government is handing out such rich subsidies, because it's so damned expensive to really make anything in America compared to especially Asia. And that. Uh, you can do things to slow manufacturing offshoring, like we all saw during the you know last part of the 20th century, early part of the 21st century. But there's not a lot you can do about it unless you're going to keep giving out giant subsidies.
3: Did you say earlier that uh, old uh, hoodie Fetterman weighed in on this issue? Because I hadn't heard. Oh, of that.
4: oh yeah. Here's his. This is uh, 25, Michael. This is his powerful message to the uh, the heads of the uh, the big three auto companies.
3: My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, it's $74 million, you know, collectively earning that. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy.
4: And there was another one I sent Hanson. I don't see it on the list of him. He's clearly not anywhere close to recovered from his stroke.
3: I think I know where he was trying to go there. Of course, he's the voice of the working man as a guy who's never worked in his entire life. I think he is a despicable human being. I can't believe... Well, he ran against Dr. Oz. That's how he got elected to the U.S. Senate because he would have lost to anybody else. And I heard somebody making the point the other day the reason that he has had to fight so hard to get to continue to wear his gym shorts and hoodie is because that's literally the only thing he's got going for him. That is his entire act is, look, I dress... uh, Every article about him... During his rise in politics and through that, in the first sentence, it's always who regularly wears a hoodie and sh- shorts. Uh, that's his whole thing. His whole act is, I dress like a slob. And he's got nothing mm-hmm. beyond that. So if you took that away from him, what would he be then? Wow, that's good. that's a good point. Yeah, what a weak act. Oh, my huh. God. And it's a good lesson, and you got to run good candidates. Or you end up with people like him winning. Mm -hmm. Jeez, anybody but Dr. Oz should have won that seat. It it pains me that that guy is a U.S. Senator, Fetterman. Ugh. Not because of his politics, because his life story is such a fraud. It's disgusting.
4: Yeah, yeah. He is a trustafarian, lazy, quasi-Marxist in the way that Marx was. He begged, borrowed, and never worked. And don't tell me, no, he was the mayor of that town. It was a a dollar-a-year gig he crashed on his mom's sofa and such. <laughs> right, right. Begged his siblings for handouts.
1: We have another Fetterman clip if you want to hear it. Sure, why not?
3: Well, you know her platform. You know, really, she runs on more and more dingling. You know, picks. You know, on uh, in the the, me- the meetings uh, over in in uh, Congress. So I, again, uh, I I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but you know, she really
0: takes it a different way.
3: All right. That was referring... Well, it doesn't even matter what it was referred to. Who cares? I heard some analysis
4: that Kirsten Cinema struck the first blow against decorum in the, the Senate with her bared arms, her naked arms. Wait
3: a second. Are going to make those even somewhat equivalent? That she was the first bare-armed woman, and that leads to gym shorts and a hoodie and tennis shoes on the Senate floor? Come on.
4: Yeah, I, nobody was... It wasn't really a serious article, but... Um, it is an interesting illustration of the principle that just because a little going in that direction is fine doesn't mean limitless going in a particular direction is fine. Yes, it was kind of silly to be outraged that Elvis was shaking his hips. No, it's not silly to think 12-year-old girls listening to WAP is a bad idea. Google <laughs> the lyrics,
3: folks. <laughs> Excellent WAP reference from a couple of years ago. Wow. Wow. Well, I can't, like, draw on the current
4: X-rated hip-hop hits.
3: So, apparently, a colorful hick saw that $100 million plane go down the other day. Ooh, colorful hick theater. We haven't done that in a long time. And uh, it plays into that whole story of how did the greatest fighter jet in in the world, with the highest technology that exists on planet Earth, get lost for a day? Ugh, that's a little troubling. Anyway, bunch on the way. Stay with us.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
3: it's amazing nobody was hurt or killed with that giant f-35 fighter jet crashing just really luck I mean it could have been lots of people killed because uh, it was randomly going to crash after the guy ejected from it we' da- we now we still don't know why and the reporting is now that it wasn't on auto autopilot that original story is that's not what happened uh, why they couldn't find it still a bit of a mystery it took them a day and it's only because people saw it crash and said, hey, there's a big plane crashed over there. That's how they found it. That's not the way you're supposed mm. to find these things. I Because mean, right. in theory, if we're at war with China and it goes into the ocean, we know how to find it and get it out so nobody can grab the technology. We couldn't even find it in our own country 60 miles from the base it flew out of. One of the most shocking aspects of the 9-11 report was the utter
4: disorganization and lack of readiness of our air forces Um on nine eleven it wouldn't shock me if this reveals some pretty shocking uh details about how floundering some of our <sighs> procedures are
3: I hope not kind of we you certainly don't want to find these out at the point we're at war with China but uh so here's a guy that witnessed the plane going down I guess that's correct here we go
0: I was in the uh in the bathroom taking a shave and I heard a a screeching between a screech and a whistle <laughs> I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house. Shook. Did a meteorite come out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. The thing was flying just too low. Choppers keep flying around. I said, well, something must, somebody must have robbed the bank or whatever. Just through the grace of God, nobody didn't get hurt. Anything man-made can malfunction. But it needed to be investigated, and the public need to know what really happened. It could have been a major disaster. Hmm. wow that
4: guy was a one-man news production he was the reporter on the scene he was the sound effect slash tape of the incident (laughs) then he offered multi-part analysis of it (laughs) and then he was a onlooker who knew nothing then he went back to the analysis
3: and i'm gonna write some touching movie about death and love and stuff called between a screech and a whistle
4: <laughs> Boy, when he said he was in the bathroom taking a shave, I thought we were about to have <laughs> yes. an unfortunate incident. Yes, Dive for the, the dump
3: button. I think that caught us all a little.
4: <laughs> the unfortunately named dump button. Yes. <laughs> taking a shave.
3: Um. So, uh, got some other. Did somebody put this to music, Michael. Should we hear that? Is that worth hearing? Oh, them? there's a
4: remix. Of there's, oh, course, yeah, there's a remix. Okay, let's oh, do it. Good.
3: Oh that's funny.
2: <laughs> oh on the cold hard
4: ground. Oh boy. <laughs> now <is> this <laughs> a, was this
3: was this just this guy's personality? Is he is he uh, one of the many Americans who's realized if you act super crazy on uh, when you're interviewed by the local news you'll become uh instagram famous or did he is he just colorful like
2: he's that? just colorful i saw the actual
4: video it's, it's part of yeah news report that's just who he is he didn't have that self-conscious i'm going to be famous now uh aspect to his delivery no it didn't look like it at no. all
3: can we hear the first part of it again
0: i it was, was in the uh in the bathroom taking a shave and i heard a, a screeching between a screech and a whistle <laughs> <laughs> what in the world of this and okay. i heard,
3: Okay, um, it's so- like one of those. Uh, what do you? You're a goat guy. One of those screaming goats. Oh, yeah. It sounds a lot like a goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's goat mating she- right there. She money. <laughs> Curdles the blood. That is goat mating right there. Yeah, I read this uh, report in NBC News with some not as colorful people who said, Yeah, we looked at, we heard a plane. We get planes all the time. They live near an Air Force base, Shaw Air Force Base, so they're used to planes flying kind of low. But this one was really low. They said like 100 feet above the trees. And then all of a sudden oh, there was boy. a big boom. And they thought, Holy crap, what happened there?
4: Yeah, well, I echo the gentleman's sentiments, if not his screeching ability. Thank God no one was hurt. It's. It's practically
2: a miracle.
3: Yeah, and the report that came out yesterday was it was bad weather that caused this. Yeah, we can't have thunderstorms bringing down F-35s, and then we can't find them. That's not the way it's supposed to work. Hmm, I'm looking at this guy's picture. That's a good-looking straw hat. Straw hat, that's not, that doesn't surprise me in any way. <laughs> Between a screech and a whistle. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, On Demand.
1: Kevin Cateno Salazar, now charged in the ambush murder of L.A. Sheriff's Deputy Ryan Clinkenbrumer. Killing committed against a peace officer, lying in waiting, and discharge of a firearm from a moving vehicle entering a dual plea of not guilty and not guilty by reason of insanity. Catanio Salazar confessed to fatally shooting Deputy Clinkenbrumer Saturday evening as he sat in his patrol car, the 29-year-old taken into custody Monday after an hours-long standoff. His family saying he struggled for years with mental disorders, including schizophrenia.
3: Dang Yikes. It. That's a terrible story.
4: There're no winners in that story, no, yeah. No. Yeah, it's got you know, our hearts go out to the deputy's family. He was a family man and the rest of it, you know, it wasn't even the sort of encounter an incident that you know, law officers uh, know will be dangerous. He's just sitting there and a crazy person pulled the trigger. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, and I, and I, I don't know the particulars, but I can certainly picture cuz I've known people with this experience. The parents had been it's been a nightmare for years trying to deal with their kid who had schizophrenia.
4: Now, assuming that all of that is true, and I have no reason to doubt it, don't go to the guy's damn Facebook page or his Instagram or whatever and say, oh, he expressed, lo- uh, he lo- was a Joe Biden supporter.
3: Oh, come on. Yeah, no, I hate when
4: people play that game on either side. Crazy people are crazy, and it's it's sad. Anyway, uh, this is a feature we could do twice a day if we liked It's a warning, a warning to the entire country, especially as Slick Gavi is positioning himself clearly for the post-Biden period in Democratic politics. California is crumbling. California's crumbling. Wow. Thanks, Metal Guy. Handful of stories here. San Francisco sees deadliest drug overdose month on record, August of this year, which uh, actually more or less tied a previous month this year. 84 drug overdose deaths recorded in August
3: mostly fentanyl
4: Uh yeah yeah um it's uh just absolutely terrible and it is in large measure people who are not aware they're taking fentanyl not Ooh. entirely but often they're just buying buying heroin or meth or cocaine or or whatever else and the uh the cartels and the dealers cut it with fentanyl cuz it gets you higher and it turns you into an addict just unbelievable. So many more people have died in San Francisco from drug overdoses than than COVID hoped to, to get. Um, and yet, no lockdowns. In fact, with some exceptions, they're not even shutting down the open-air drug markets. They're making it as easy and comfortable as possible to deal and consume deadly drugs in right. San Francisco. So
3: you would uh, put plastic yellow tape, police tape, around a play structure at a park on the one-in-a-billion chance that somebody could spread COVID outdoors at a park to a kid that wouldn't be hurt by it anyway. right? But you got people laying around everywhere that might be dealing fentanyl that's very likely to kill people, and uh, yeah. you don't do anything. That's an interesting well, are- way to run a society. is
4: For uh, a metal guy, right there, always ready. Gladys, you could take a a note. Yeah,
3: a little hint. Yeah, Gladys, you say, "Hey, Gladys, we're telling a story." She just kind of saunters over with her new hips and gets in front of her harp.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Metal guy, on the other hand, man, he's got his pick ready. His martial stack is cranked up, and he is good to go, man. Good to go.
3: Right. (laughs) Moving along. He's got his like fingerless gloves on.
4: Piece in the Washington Times quoting Tim Scott, who called a recently passed California bill evil. That is the bill that says the judge has to take into consideration during custody hearings whether which parent is affirming the child's gender identification. And if dad, for instance, says to his confused adolescent daughter you'll grow out of this, you're a girl, no, you're not getting your healthy breasts cut off, Uh, then the dad will likely uh, lose custody or certainly at a disadvantage. Now, the reason that is especially significant, and I appreciate Bill Hallowell pointing this out in the Washington Times, is that often these policies are built on each other. If you establish that, yes, that's a legitimate uh, concern of a judge, and in fact, it's kind of child abuse to deny a child's gender identity, to to not affirm it, that will creep into other rules, regulations, and laws that will say, yeah, that's child abuse.
3: Yeah, we don't want to go down that road. Yeah,
4: just horrible. So, again, and this is Gavin Newsom's uh, California, folks. California's crumbling. California's crumbling. Hmm, metal guy Smoking a cigarette out back He almost wasn't ready What the hell is going on? (laughs) Another absolutely perverse California law California lawmakers passed a bill last week Prohibiting books from being banned In public school districts Because of content related to gender Or racial diversity And now the governor is expected to sign it into law GovGav has uh, showed his support of the bill So it can be pornography If it's Gay or trans pornography, because you can't ban it, thanks to this new law. So, books nobody would have dreamed of in a thousand years, being in a public elementary or middle school or high school. All of a sudden, they're there, and it's illegal to say, this book shouldn't be in this school in California.
0: Wow. How
3: evil is that? And... Pandering, because I don't believe that like Gavin Newsom's I don't believe that's his ideology. I don't know. Like he's just pandering.
4: I don't know. It's hard to tell with Gav because he is unbelievably slick. Uh another California's crumbling story uh, that we mentioned a little bit earlier. The city of Sacramento is being sued by the Sacramento County uh district attorney, the top prosecutor. Saying that the lack of enforcement of city ordinances have have left this, of course, says homeless people in the New York Times. They're mostly junkies uh, to suffer in third world squalor, and neighboring residents are enduring hazards and threats of violence. Uh, as he said, it's become an utter collapse into chaos, and he's a Democrat. As you may know, about a third of the nation's homeless population is in California. Yeah. It has about a seventh of the population of the country because of policy, and uh, it's it's everywhere. It's every it's in the suburbs now. It's uh, decaying every city and town in California. Uh, absolute disaster. Uh, why don't we end on that one? Um, even GovGav, Gav, to his credit, because his policies have been so disastrous, is saying the Supreme Court has to revisit that disastrous 2018 Ninth Circuit uh, Boise ruling that ruled that cities could not clear people from the streets unless they offer adequate alternative shelter. There's actually another piece um, in uh, at the Cal Matters website where they're talking about how it's utterly unclear what that means adequate shelter. Can a gymnasium with 100 cots be adequate shelter? Mm. Does it have to be a tiny home? How about a tent? A flimsy tent? Okay, how about like a rugged tent? Nobody knows. And as always, as I point out... You finally house your 10,000 junkies who will accept help because a high percentage of them want to live on the riverside in their tent. So you finally house those that'll get housing, and you get 100 more junkies moved to town. According to the Ninth Circuit Court, you can't enforce any of your ordinances. It's it's one of the worst rulings. It makes Dred Scott look reasonable. It's horrible.
3: California's crumbling. California's crumbling. So... I can't cook worth a crap. Like I, I went into single parenthood not being able to cook anything. I'm learning slowly. And it's helping because I got HelloFresh. I whipped up some taquitos. Is that what they were the other day? Oh, I've had those. Those chicken are chicken taquitos. Good. And uh, yeah. they were actually really, really good. And the fact that all the ingredients are already, you know, the right size and in the right packages and right there. And if it says, you know, put this in there, well, there's a little package. It's already measured out. I just open it up and put it in there. I mean, it's it couldn't be simpler. HelloFresh is great. Um, if you got a busy schedule, or uh, maybe you ain't that great at cooking, or for your college kid, or whatever. And, you know, Judy and
4: I, we just never knew what we wanted to have. And then you'd look around. Do we have the ingredients? Do we have to go to the store? With HelloFresh, it's all delivered to your door. It's fabulous. And it tastes so damn good. Mm! And the variety. Join America's number one meal kit today. Do it as many times a week as you want. You can suspend it when you go on vacation. And right now, get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months with the code 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. Again, that's the code 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. Armstrong they have breakfasts and lunches and uh, snacks, too. If you want those 50 Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50 Armstrong.
3: I just came across this story. I haven't read up on it yet, but I will. George R.R. R. Martin of uh, he's the Lord of the Rings. No, that's Tolkien. Who R. R.R. Martin? He's the Game of, Game Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so him and John Grisham and some other like really big time authors are suing OpenAI, ChatGPT. chat GPT. For, co- ah, for yeah. copyright infringement, and that's going to be an interesting papers filed in New York yesterday. But this is going to be an interesting, another one of those rulings. As we all try to figure out how AI is going to affect the world, uh, can OpenAI AI just grab this stuff off the internet somewhere and, and and use it, or 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 steal the plot more or less exactly the same and create something new, or what? <laughs>
4: Shame. Sh- Ironically, yeah, shame, shame on AI for stealing from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, part of what it does is, you know how it can s- you can say, "Hey, uh, ChatGPT, write me a love note to my wife in the style of George R.R. R. Martin's Song of Fire and Ice," whatever the original novel was. I think that's it. Um, and then it uses that for
3: commercial purposes. <sighs> Can this be stopped? I don't know. Boy, it'll uh, be
4: incredibly difficult.
3: Right. That's what I think. The Authors Guild said it's imperative that we stop this theft in its tracks or we'll destroy our incredible literary culture, which feeds many other creative industries in the United States. Great books are generally written by those who spend their careers and indeed their lives learning and perfecting their crafts. Okay, well, AI is going to come along. Pick up your style. Crank out something very similar but different enough, maybe, to slide by Mm. legally, and then what?
4: Boy, you talk about, it's not a gray area. It's like the entire world is gray, uh, as you start to do that. Now, I think great authors will still be great authors, but it'll absolutely water down the markets. I just, I, I agree with what that dude said. But it feels to me a lot like the whole hey pirating music is illegal so don't record it on a cassette and give it to your
3: buddy. Or um how about speaking of music how about if uh, a, a group becomes pop- if Nirvana Nirvana and Pearl Jam are popular there's 8 million bands that sound exactly like them but they don't they they can't sue for having copped that whole sound feel energy thing.
4: Yeah, it's It's a little different, but I guess it's a good comparison, good enough. I just don't see how you stop this stuff because it adapts and changes so quickly. Remember when And you, how close does my new novel, The Ballad of Heat and Cold, have to be to Song of Fire and Ice
3: before it's too much? Right. Who makes that determination? Remember Jordan Peterson? He asked ChatGPT to write another chapter for his book. And he said that he In his own style. In his right? style. And he said he couldn't yeah. determine it was not him. I mean, it seemed exactly <laughs> like the way he would have written it. Right. Well, so if somebody else said, "Hey, write a book, a self the the ten keys for living," and write it in exactly the style of Jordan Peterson, who's gonna you know who's gonna call balls and strikes on that? And how?
4: Do you have to get a subpoena for the instructions you gave? Whatever
3: platform you're using. I mean, there are a lot of country artists that sound the same. The fact that a human being was able to sound exactly the same as uh, Eric Church is that different than ChatGPT? I don't know.
4: Well, and I'm envisioning a cottage industry of people who are just really skillful at saying, write me a song that's kind of rock in just a little country, a little more rock. (laughs) Uh, Make the guy's voice just a little higher pitched. And before you know, you got a fake Eric
1: Church. (laughs) (laughs)
4: They'll just be good at getting around the laws that say, if you tell ChatGPT, hey, uh, write me a song just like Eric Church, would you? Um, Then you'd be busted. But come on, there are ways to get around that.
1: Yeah. Wow. The
3: future's going to be interesting. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. (laughs) Right. Right. Amen to that, brother. Between a cry and a scream. Stay tuned.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you concerned though Iran gets a nuclear weapon, about them getting a nuclear weapon? Well, we are concerned of any country getting a nuclear weapon. That's a bad bad, uh, uh, move. Uh, If they get one, will you? If they get one, we have to get one. So
3: that's MBS, the leader of Saudi Arabia, interviewing Fox. If Iran gets a bomb, which they're screaming toward, with the help of your tax money, well, I guess it was it was uh, a money they used to get around sanctions, this latest $6 billion that they got penalized for, but then we gave it back to them. Anyway, Iran will get a bomb, and Saudi Arabia declared, well, if they get a bomb, we need to get a bomb. So then you got Iran and Saudi Arabia with a bomb. But then this from the Wall Street Journal today is... Israel considers Saudi Arabia's nuclear program under potential normalization deal. And that's the idea that Saudi Arabia and Israel may become allies, including to the point that Israel would say, yeah, you can have a bomb. Wow. That's uh, that's mean You talk about a change in the last few years. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That interview that Brett Bear did with MBS was fascinating to me. I mean, really, really interesting. Um, one point MBS made, and he—he's a very confident guy in a lot of ways. But he seemed confident that um, Iran's wasting its time trying so hard to get a nuke. It has deterrent capability, obviously. But he said nobody can ever use a nuke.
3: Yeah, I thought that was because
4: it would be the entire world against them from that moment on, uh, which I thought was interesting. And I certainly hope he's right. But not to get hung up on
3: that point. Uh, yeah, Brett that's bears- what I—that's exactly my reaction. I hope he's right that the entire world would turn against somebody who uses a nuke. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um,
4: But the interview as a whole, Brett Baer of Fox News, sat down and talked with him for an extended period. If you're interested, you can probably get it online. It was last night's special report. But uh, he is a, a truly amazing person, and I am not attempting to whitewash anything that MBS has done because he is capable of utter evil. Uh, At any moment. Uh, But you talk about a guy who's taken a hold of a country and declared this country is about to become a very, very different place. No matter what it takes. Um, His vision for Saudi Arabia is wild. I mean, it's like Walt Disney's vision for a bunch of swampland around Orlando, Florida. It's almost like that. He's utterly transforming the country.
3: And they got the money to do it.
4: Yeah, yeah, they're now a major player in sports. Their tourism numbers are skyrocketing. Uh, Women now have significantly more rights than they did um, in terms of they can start a business. They don't have to cover their hair in Saudi Arabia, the home of of like crazy ass fundamentalist Islam um, during the 20th century. uh, Women can drive and that sort of thing. They can leave the house without a male relative. You know, interestingly, they if you're a, have,
3: do they still have separate lines at the McDonald's, that's what my brother always pointed out. Go to the McDonald's there in Saudi Arabia and they got a line for the men and a line for the women. To order I food. cannot
4: speak to Saudi Arabian McDonald's laws. I mean, how 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 ridiculous It didn't is that? come up to Brett Bears discredit. Yeah, I know it's it's insane uh, from certainly from the western perspective. Um what was I going to say? Oh, that's right. But even as all that liberalization is going on, which sounds terrific from a human rights point of view, women who've said, that's not enough. We want this. They'll throw them in jail. Right. All right. So it is uh, it, it's it's a mix. It's neither entirely good nor entirely evil, but it is awe inspiring what they're doing with their country.
3: And if you badmouth him enough, he'll have you bone sawed and carried out of the hotel in separate luggage.
4: Jack, that was a terrible mistake by overzealous people in the intelligence services, and MBS has seen to it that they are tried and punished. Uh, You know, the long story short I took away from it is they are turning Saudi Arabia from uh, an oil-rich desert into the Netherlands of the 21st century because the the netherlands famously back in the the days of empires and stuff they were traders they were shippers and traders um they didn't have like huge industries and and and, and huge farming or anything like that they were tradesmen and well, that's what uh, or traders i should
3: say he's recognizing the reality that oil ain't going to be king forever and you know if that goes away we got to have something else to do or we're done and he also may be in charge for another 50 years 45 well, that's right. years yeah he's 38 years old right so he's got to, he's gonna outlive me uh probably um we got a lot more on the way including talking to a um a border politician who says Republicans and Democrats need to come together on this border situation
4: amen to that it's true that's next hour it's gonna be a good one hang around
2: Armstrong and Getty
0: step into the world of power loyalty
3: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Champacasino.com Welcome to the family.
1: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air?
4: For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning.